It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On today's What Chaos, Devin Taves rips into his teammates, so we discuss the most dramatic team in hockey. Jacob Lauko has the most psychotic period in hockey. The Columbus Blue Jackets are galvanized? Chaos bump, maybe? And the Senators and Pride jerseys are both in weird places right now. Subscribe, hit every button you can, give us five stars, own the libs, it's what chaos. Hey, Whatnuts. It's Wednesday, December 20th. The Libs have won. We are doing our first totally remote show where none of us are in the same place. And I'm just calling attention to it in case there's anything that doesn't go perfectly. Uh, I, I think that are all three of us somehow getting the like uh, post-Columbus flu half a week later? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I uh, I woke up. It was one of those like wake up in the morning and you immediately know something's wrong and your life is about to change <laughs> for like the next two days. I woke up and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Night sweats, all that good stuff. I felt very bad and was like, boys, I am not coming in. And then I felt a little bit better not to not to like wish ill on anybody else. But when Sean was like, I also feel feel terrible. It felt less like I was fucking up the whole operation. So shout out to Sean and his sickness as well. Me, I could have just used a few more hours at home. I've been either editing or in a computer and not drinking water for uh, a couple of days now. And this was a nice little opportunity for me to rest up. But I still feel like absolute hell. So it's nice that all three of us are getting a little break here. Uh, I'll tell you who could use you, a break before I before I jump. Can you like slide a little bit to your right? It's gonna be it's gonna freak me out uh, with my OCD. You're soft centered. No, this is a uh, this is an ecam issue. This is not an ecam issue. There you go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are we? Do we have Sean? Do we have some sort of sponsorship with ecam? Do we have an affiliation with ecam? Uh, uh, not as far as I know, other than the fact that's what we always use. Okay. I was going to say not my favorite, but uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have a fruitful relationship at some point uh, with them at some point. Uh, tell you who doesn't have a fr- fruitful relationship, the Colorado Avalanche with each other because they lose to the Blackhawks last night, 3-2. They've lost 2-3, but it has kind of felt like they've sucked for a while. They've lost 7-11, of 11, and uh, you're having moments where Players' dads are calling out players, and players are calling out players' dads. And uh, last night, would you say the the shit hit the fan? Um, again, 
perhaps this one felt more like um this one felt more indicative as the of the team as a whole because obviously the archery lekkonen's dad and uh miko rantanen was sort of like a personal feud he called out called out him personally last night devin taves after the loss got in front of a microphone and basically ripped several of his teammates in no uncertain terms and that was like you very rarely see a guy get in front of cameras and be like yo my teammates suck right now and that that felt crazy and uh we have the clip so sean if you want to roll it i i can't do it justice without actually showing and hearing it I mean, it's it's self-awareness. We need guys that know, you know, know how to play in our system, how to how to play our game, and, and know what it takes. And uh, we have guys in here. I think we got some guys that think they're playing well, and I think they're kidding themselves at this point. It's it's frustrating to play with, uh, you know, play out there when when you got guys that think they're playing well and, and they're doing things that you know you have no idea what play they're going to make or, or where they're going to be on the ice. And uh, it's it's tough to play in this league when, when you don't know where your teammates are going to be. So, um, you know, that's where a lot of the frustration stems from. So obviously that is a, a very strong statement there. And honestly, like he is, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. The, the Avalanche do not look like a cohesive unit. And we've talked about it a couple times um, throughout this season where they're one of those teams that can be very good, but they can also get undone very quickly. And if you lose to the Blackhawks, that sends people into a uh, a real frenzy. And Devin Taves, who played almost 30 minutes last night, I think he had like 29.50 of ice time last night, clearly, clearly not happened with what he saw with what he saw from his teammates there. Yeah, I, I wish he named names, but you can't have everything. I mean, it's unbelievable <laughs> yeah, right. that we got that uh, crumb or like five slices in the first place. But yeah, something's up with this team, man. Like going back to that road trip at the end of November where Earmuffs Sean, they lose to the Coyotes in overtime. They lose in a shootout to the Ducks, who at that point were starting to show they're kind of what we thought they were going to be and not the world beaters they were to begin the season. And then they get smoked by the Kings. You can have these little lulls and everything, but they then lost two of the next three after that. And they've never really gotten it back. Like even their wins six, five over Calgary, their only convincing win in a while. I mean, other than the other night uh, against San Jose with, but with, how they're playing right now that doesn't really count Jose, yeah. it's like like right like they, they've smoked san jose and they've smoked buffalo and everything other than that going back forever going back to like the end of november is really really close games and often losses against beatable teams philadelphia smoked them i know that philadelphia is off to a good start this season but like for the team that colorado is supposed to be they haven't been it yet and you've already had some level of infighting at least twice this season amazing yeah. I, I do kind of wish you named names yeah, i do too for sure and uh i have my you have my your uh, list of suspects yeah uh, one of the guys that immediately jumped to the front of my mind and hate to speculate or whatever but like ryan johansson was traded for for essentially nothing from the nashville predators because barry trotz identified him as a guy who kind of worse in the culture in Nashville. Him and Matt Duchesne were both traded as, or I guess Matt Duchesne was bought out, both gotten rid of as 
locker room moves. And yeah. Ryan Johansson kind of being new in that locker room and Taves clearly kind of identifying people who aren't getting it and who aren't really adjusting to the system in Colorado made his name jump to the front of the list. And obviously he's not having the best season either. We can agree that Ryan Johansson is too good a player to be having the career he's had, right? Yeah, right. I mean, he's got 10 goals this year, which is like 12 points. Four, yeah, 10 goals <laughs> and 12 points. is That is extremely A Debruskian yeah. 10 goals and 12 points. Yeah, but I mean, he's fourth on the abs in goals. It's This team is just not getting enough from those secondary and depth players. They're getting absolutely carried by guys like Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, who, you know, that's why when we talk about Rantanen last week as a guy who, uh, who is like, I am not doing enough for this team. He's well over a point per game right now. Yeah, so, I, I didn't get that at all. Yeah, right. So I, it's just frustration through that room. But the bigger question to me is, is this the most dramatic team in the NHL right now? I think it's such a good question, and it immediately made me open a, what do I use on my computer? A text edit pad? note and just write all my thoughts from the top of the dome and then dive into some stats and try to supplement and fill out who is the most dramatic team in the NHL. So the case for the avalanche is, I mean, as we said, they've lost two or three, seven of their last 11. They've called out players twice in the last two weeks. One of which was something involving a father. That's kind of interesting. That's spicy. You can give them that Oilers fired the coach and have Leon Dreisaitl on the team started terrible <laughs> are now terrible again. That's a good candidate. Wild fired the coach, uh, but are just boring senators fired the GM and coach in separate months. They've got an electric owner who's too big a coward to give daily press conferences a la Donald Trump do it. And they have a Kachuk on the team. So don't sleep on the senators. My sneaky candidate though, Actually, I'll, I'll let you give some of yours before I give two more. No, for me, it's it's it, there's a clear one and two or a top two, and it's Colorado and it's Ottawa. Right now, those are the two most dramatic teams in the league. I'm interested to hear who your third is. All right. Well, there there's a this will this will be an honorable mention, and then I'll get to my sneaky like contender to really be the most dramatic team in the league. Honorable okay. mention: Toronto Maple Leafs. The A, they're the Leafs. B, they have yeah. gone to overtime 13 times. That is so, it is, <laughs> yeah. sir, it is December 20th. They have but gone like, to overtime the, 13 times. But like and the, a lot of times Leafs, it's because of something they did. Yeah, but like the, that's like the baseline for the Leafs, right? Like that's who they are. So yeah, it's not, that's, not, they it's, haven't it fired anyone. It doesn't seem dramatic. It seems um, sort of like their, their coasting level. Like that is their resting heartbeat. So they so, don't they don't seem any more chaotic than they normally are. One team that I did forget about, uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Chicago Blackhawks have had quite a dramatic team. start to the season. Uh, Bedard, the uh, obviously the Corey Perry stuff, sending him home. Then you've got uh, you know stuff that comes out uh, afterwards, and just kind of the frustration building with that team right now is is. But it's more of like it's more of just kind of dysfunction more than it is dramatic or growing pains i mean like you, you yeah. the, the Corey perry thing you don't want to kick someone off your team but that happens sometimes mm -hmm. and 
I can't look at them as dramatic because I don't look at that group and say, what the hell is going on with those guys? I look at the senators and say, what the hell is going on with those guys? I like the point that you raised, though, about the Leafs, and I'll put the Oilers in this group, too. They're kind of like Patrick Mahomes going for an MVP where you're graded against yourself and not graded against the rest of the league. So if the Leafs are Leafs could be more dramatic than everybody else, but if they're not being as dramatic as they were, like when Phil Kessel was eating too many hot dogs, they're not then a less dramatic current team will outshine them because the Leafs are compared to themselves. Patrick Mahomes is always going to be compared to the best of Patrick Mahomes. Even if he's better than everybody else that season, he's not going to get that MVP Oilers. I put in that same group. My sneaky candidate is the Red Wings. They've got players hitting both the gritty and themselves in the face with opponent's stick. They've had these big wild swings up and down performance wise, Patrick Kane, signing all of that courting and they made gravy boats i didn't see any other teams make gravy boats this season so don't it's sleep fair. on the red one it's I, I guess but they're, they're kind of like in the honorable mention category most of that stuff is is hockey related so like to be the most dramatic team in the league i'm looking for a little bit of uh like if, if patrick kane were to like be like you know i'm here now fuck all you guys this is my team sort of deal and maybe they enter the discussion but i think this is a team that's just kind of riding the waves in like the course of a normal season so they don't seem super dramatic to me i still think i have to put the oilers ahead of the avalanche though like i I think the answer might be the senators i think the answer is the answer might be the senators they fired their coach they 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 were they were cup favorites not contenders they were cup favorites started horribly which again like shocker Oilers, they do weird shit like that. You had, I'm not going to throw injury stuff into uh, the the drama element of it, but they waived their highly paid goaltender, sent him to the AHL. That guy's still not back. Stu Skinner is playing all the time. L- lest we forget, Gene is interviewing mustaches and talking to <laughs> okay. various hunters. I think I, I think I go Senators. Oilers, Avalanche. Give me your top three. Uh, Yeah, the the Oilers are kind of like in the the Leafs category where I expect them to be there. So (laughs) I expect them to be one of the most chaotic teams and dramatic teams in the league. So I kind of maybe grade them on that scale. Top three, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Ottawa, Colorado, and uh, and Chicago. Chicago. Ah, See, I don't even, I don't even consider... I think Chicago is honorable mention at best because again, like they've got, they've got a good group. They've got leadership. They've got really only one thing happened, which was Corey Perry was kicked off the team. It just seems like there's always some shit going on with them. Well, they they (laughs) suck. Like uh, I love to mean it Blackhawks. Like they suck. I don't think that. So like, are the the blue jackets dramatic because they kind of suck this season? No, but they like, they suck in boring ways. The, the Blackhawks do not man. suck in boring ways. Marchenko's the Blackhawks stuck to like an astounding degree. Yeah, you, you didn't see that overtime win over the Leafs, man. That shit was galvanizing. Sean, who do you think are uh, the... Who, who would your most dramatic team in the NHL be? I mean, uh, obviously slightly biased, but 
the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, between the expectations that they had and now them completely sucking, obviously we know what happened last night against the Blue Jackets. Devin Levi was supposed to be their future in net. They had to send him down to the AHL at one point. They don't know what they're doing there. Tage was hurt. Quinn finally came back, and we saw how that served him. Uh, like yeah, it, I'm going to jump in. Yeah, I'm going to jump in and cut you off. Like you're just naming reasons why the Buffalo Sabers suck, not why they're dramatic. Yeah, I mean, but that's kind of half of what you did with some of your team. Like the the. Get him. I mean, like not everyone. I mean, I think the obvious answer is like the Blackhawks because of they're the Blackhawks. Like they, they. I feel like when especially <laughs> people that aren't like having this conversation in depth. If you were to ask like just an average hockey fan who's the most dramatic team in in, in hockey, I think the Blackhawks are going to be the answer you get from a lot of people. Um, but I, I think the Senators are probably the right choice because. Uh, in terms of like made for TV drama, like in between Ann Lauer and obviously firing their coach after letting him practice, like there, there's stuff like that. I just said Sabres because you had already said all the other teams and I needed to bring up the Sabres. I mean, we didn't really throw it in the rundown, but you're oh, well, we're going to talk about the Blue Jackets at one point, but uh, Blue Jackets fucking murdered your boys last night sean and they did a little blue jackety thing and kind of let them score a couple there and make it a bit of a game but it ends up being nine to four uh i asked the question last night did the oilers need to fire their coach i'll flip that and ask that about the sabers sean um i don't want to say yes but i i mean it's it it's tough because I think the first half of their season, there are a lot of excuses as to why they sucked and not – and then it doesn't involve Granato, right? Between Tage getting hurt, Quinn was a big part of their team last year, and he, he uh, obviously was hurt. Benson was hurt for a decent amount, and he looked electric for the first couple of games. Like, there, there was kind of built-in excuses, but at a certain point, it's like uh, – you got to do something. I, I, I don't think that this is the time to fire him because, like, this was the first year that you were really supposed to be winning hockey games, and you're not yet. Like, I think you got to give him a little more time than that, especially considering what happened in the first half of this season so far. But I understand why the question is being asked for sure. Yeah, also, I think by the, the way- conversation for sure is is – being had for a reason and i i kind of agree with you in that you don't rush to fire don granado like i don't think that you know rushing into firing for the sake of firing him doesn't really make a lot of sense to me just because we've seen how he's been able to get the most out of a lot of the guys on that team particularly last year and and with tage i just think that this team i mean we had this conversation last week but this team needs a kind of an identity reset and it needs more of uh defensive accountability and effort accountability and if you don't start getting that soon i think maybe you're pushed into a position where you have to fire him because like you can't let you can't let what's happening to the sabers carry on for the remainder of this season just to kind of stick it out i think that they need to begin the process of potentially identifying who their next coach is right now especially with you know, guys on the market like Baruby and, and you know, with or the firings that we've had or the potential firing of Lindy Ruff. Exactly. Back. So I was going to say another submission that I left out for dramatic teams who I put like seriously right there with the Blackhawks devils haven't had the start that they want, but also every five seconds, it's 
is Lindy beloved or is he on the hot seat? Should he get out of there? I want him to get like, I, I want him to get fired at this point just because I want to see where he ends up. He's like the, he, he's like the modern day Marty Schottenheimer, Claude Julian type that he's not going to be available for long. He's going to go somewhere, get a team to the playoffs. And then you see what ends up happening from there. I, Li- I mean, Lindy to the Sabres would be hilarious. Sabres fans I, would treat him right. Just Do you think so? I, I no mean, way. I think I, I think they would only because they have not been as good as they were with Lindy Ruff since he got fired. Like, it, it's been bad. I think the, the leash would obviously be quite short, but it's like, in my lifetime, the Sabres have not been nearly as good or as exciting. Well, I mean, they're exciting in ways now, obviously, but they have not reached even close to the peak that they did with Lindy Ruff. I, I think that, like, the Lindy Ruff... In I thought Lindy Ruff should have been they should have moved on from Lindy Ruff in New Jersey after last playoff run. It's clearly like part of a transition for the Devils where I only expect him to be the coach for like another like this year and then they're probably going to move on. Uh, I don't know, though, but like if him going to Buffalo would not excite me. I, I just feel like Baruby is the kind of guy that uh, that helps helps the Sabres a lot more, especially in a long term vision. I don't know, like. I just don't, I don't see Ruff being the guy there. And on you mentioned Baruby. Why didn't we mention the uh, Blues as a dramatic team? We had Waterworks. That's the true. other day. We had a, like a lot of back and forth with the Jordan Cairo situation. It wouldn't make me would. It doesn't make me say that's the most dramatic team, but it is a dramatic moment. We've had we haven't had enough from Jordan Bennington to have them uh, be included in the most dramatic team. Like if Bennington had thrown a few shit fits, little baby tra- tantrums over the course of the year, maybe they enter into discussion. But I just think the Blues are kind of like a, a boring team for most. Yeah, for, for the most part here. Well, uh, we must note that uh, the Senators, I believe, are the first team to fire the coach and lose the next game. Oilers continued their winning streak that Jay Woodcroft had started. Wild won the first under Hines. I think they won a couple, actually. And who am I missing? Uh, Blues won after making the coaching change. Senators say, DJ Smith, take your periods and get out of here. And they blow a 3-0 lead against the lowly Coyotes. And... That's where the Senators The lowly Coyotes. Complete and utter disrespect. I'm just, reading, I'm just reading what Sean wrote in the rundown. <laughs> I never, uh, never Coyotes, wrote or said such a Sean, thing. Sean writes scripts for us, by the way. If you can't tell, this is a extremely scripted show. Yes. Uh, no, the uh, the Coyotes looked awesome last night. Uh, obviously, <laughs> give, going down a 3-0 uh, deficit, not great, but boy, they throttled Ottawa. Uh, you could see that comeback coming the entire time. And did Anthony just, Duclair galvanize the uh, Arizona Coyotes? Hunter Cherney did. Uh, Mo- yeah. Mullet, Mullet's a hard place to play, man. Like teams have really struggled to play in Mullet. It, I think it's such a it's something we we talked a lot about in Arizona, obviously. But like it's it's such a unique atmosphere that guys get there and they're like. What what is this? Like I, they get so thrown off, they're not really like in the game. And the next thing you know, the Arizona Coyotes are on top of you. I don't know the the uh, the Senators are really really depressing to you. Like I couldn't even kind of like revel in their their misery last night just because of they were getting fucking throttled and you know it's 
things are bad there and i feel bad for for senators fans having to put up with that team and uh you could tell like the the effort level just isn't there and i, I saw uh, it came out yesterday the the sens had an optional practice after firing firing the coach they had an optional skate on uh on tuesday tuesday morning and like 10 guys showed up if you fire the coach and have an optional practice the next day you gotta show up like does that not seem like that's a test maybe but the morning skate is so dead and so many skates are optional these days if this were 10 15 years ago yes i still probably probably would have shown up if i were a player but I take morning skate and the NHL takes morning skate. Like if this were a practice, sure. But morning skate is the most uh, vestigial exercise that exists in pro sports. It doesn't do anything. Players aren't showing up to the arena drunk anymore. They're not hungover. I think though this would be like more like calling an informal meeting and players not going. And that's kind of weird. Like they should still go to it. But I, um, but yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about them showing up and doing fucking sprints for for an hour before the game. But like again, you're you're showing up for a brand new coach, and it's the day like the day after your coach gets fired, largely you know due to bad coaching, but also because of lack of effort, lack of commitment, and then only like ten guys show up for the optional skate. That's I think I I do feel like that's a test that was failed by a lot of guys. I mean, far be it from the senators this year to fail a test. I I do hope though, that now and Lauer has to answer for it. Say what's going on with your team. Firing a coach wasn't enough for you. They're not list. They're not responding to the new guy. Has uh, Jacques Martin lost the room? (laughs) I did see uh, Daniel Alfredson was, uh, was on the bench yelling at guys quite a bit last night. And that's funny to me because Daniel Alfredson was, uh, I believe, at the beginning of the year when they brought him in to uh, the organization to hold a role. It was a very scaled back role. He didn't want to travel with the team. He uh, he kind of wanted to just be around and not necessarily have it be like his real full time commitment. And now he's on the bench. He is kind of being tasked with policing a lot of these guys and making sure they're accountable and you started to see that last night on the bench where uh i saw a clip where somebody didn't finish their check in the corner headed to the bench and he was immediately there at the door to uh to let him hear it so like maybe that's what the senators need but uh, obviously going up three nothing then giving up four unanswered goals and losing is not a great sign and not very encouraging about where this team is uh is headed the 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 firing of dj smith has not fixed the senators well you know what can fix your digestive issues yeah i'm gonna say it olipop two or three americans have some sort of digestive issues we've all been there americans i mean we've all been to america and if you've got digestive issues or if you just want a nice beverage that doesn't have so much sugar that's gonna have you crash and burn and have you feeling all sluggish 
I think Olipop is the drink for you. And if you use promo code chaos on drinkolipop.com, you get 20% off your order. You can also get it, you know where, 22,000 stores. Such amazing flavors such as ginger lemon, cherry vanilla, strawberry vanilla, vintage cola. There's the root beer. There's the orange. Sean loves the grape. I'm so crazy about it. I popped myself a a lemon lime yesterday, and it was so, so, so good. I'm probably going to have another one today because... When I find something I like, I stick to it. And for for me right now, it's Olipop. Go to drinkolipop.com. Use promo code CHAOS for 20% off. The Boston Bruins are the coldest team in hockey. <laughs> well, I don't know if I go that far, but they're, they've not been good. I'll tell you that. I got a fun fact for you that I picked up before, uh, before recording this show. If uh, All right, let me tell you. Defensive rating over the past two weeks, where do you think the Bruins rank? Uh, they've been without they've been without McAvoy. They've uh, been without Zaka. They've not been the most healthiest team. But defensive rating at five on five over the past two weeks, where do the Bruins rank? I mean, they're not giving up. They're still not giving up a bajillion goals. But I'll say twentieth. They rank twenty eighth. They are the fourth worst team in the league defensively. There's forty teams in the NHL, so that's not very good. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the only teams worse than the Bruins over the last two weeks in terms of defensive rating are, where is it? I wrote it down and now oh, I lost it. Sorry. But I mean, uh, where are we? Where are we? Where as you are we? say that, I'll, I'll note. Behind the not- Sharks, Sar- Sharks, Blue Jackets, and Canadians. Three very not good teams. But they're still not allowing a lot of goals, though. Like, it's not like it's costing them a ton. Maybe it means they're playing in their zone their own zone a lot but it's not like they're getting their asses kicked like five to one or anything they're allowing three like two one three sometimes four goals in regulation like it's nothing that's so prohibitive they're just they're also not scoring yeah yeah, they're not scoring yeah i mean or so last night they I don't even know. They they come back. They blow a lead. They come back. There's a lot of back and forth against Minnesota. They lose 4-3 in overtime. Uh, Jim Montgomery, friend of the podcast, calls out uh, Jake DeBrusque after the game. You want, that was like a real call-out. That was a specific call-out. That wasn't any of this uh, Devin Taves wussy footing. Did you yeah, hear I mean, he, he called out a specific uh, a specific choice, which I think is different than calling out like, like, right? I mean, I didn't, I, I saw that he called out his shot in overtime. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Like that calling out a specific choice, I think is, is fine. Like you can criticize a player and be constructive of a player's shot choice. And it was a bad shot. A three on three overtime. You need to pick your shots pretty wisely because if you've got three guys pushing and going down low and you fire a shot that, rings around the boards and goes the other way you're fucked like that's how three on three overtime works and that was not a high percentage shot by jake debrusque sent play the other way and kirill kaprizov ends it like i'm totally fine with calling calling that out i i think that my my issue with the bruins and how they've looked recently and you know the defensive rating thing is is what it is i think this team is not as good as the numbers suggest defensively because their goaltending is so good but it's the depth is becoming an issue with this team because we've seen several games over the past 
past couple of weeks where Jim Montgomery is shortening the bench at the end of games. And I think it's costing them games. Like they, they, they ran out of steam in the third period because you're only, you're only rolling three lines. The fourth line got about, I think two, like two minutes of ice time in that third period last night. So if, if you're just gassing the other three lines that you're putting yourself in a tough spot. The most important thing that happened last night, though, is that uh, Jacob Lauko, he of zero goals this season, attempted a Michigan and Incredible. came very close, almost scored. He also fought in that period, and it was just a wild stretch of time for friend of the show, Jacob Lauko. But the idea of somebody, I don't know, 30-ish games into the season with no goals being like, I know how I'll do it, is the absolute best. I want Sean's take on this because Sean is our resident Michigan guy. Yeah, I mean, I my immediate thought was about damn time because as I mentioned during the Blue Jackets game, basically any time someone's behind the net, um, I scream Michigan. Um, I, I, they reminded me also of when Pete and I played NHL in Columbus because he was kicking my ass and I still decided you know what I need right now to try and pull off a of Michigan um, and yeah I mean I love the Michigan go for it if you got it but I guess he didn't really add it it's a it's a it's a big uh, galvanize galvanizing the boys attempt in number one he tried with uh with the fight and it, and it worked they scored right after and then he was like I know how else I'll fire up and galvanize the boys Michigan behind the net but you're right though like one of the most psychotic periods of hockey that I've ever seen a player play in that first period from Jacob Lauko with the fight then a Michigan attempt I don't think I've ever seen a player do both of those things in one period and to try to get your first goal 30 games into the season by doing that is incredible stuff it is so and that was a good guess. 30 games this season. Uh, they, that's like the definition of you're not that guy. <laughs> and uh, he, but he almost, he Malco might be. does he's not a give very good attempt. Whether or not he's that guy. That's what yes. I love about Malco. He, I, I'm, I mean, I think that most of us should be the same way. Don't consider whether you're that guy. Do, as long as it's legal and isn't going to be a bad thing, do what you feel suits you in the moment. It's going to be good for you and it's going to be good for everyone. If Lauko scored there, that would have been on par with, like, with Linus Olmark's goalie goal last year. Like, just as improbable, yes. I agree. also got to shout out, uh, Jeremy Swayman made a, uh, like, a very ballsy save on the bench. It was, you see uh, that? Yeah, I did. It was very he did like casual. A get, he did, like, a get this shit out of here save. It was a uh, it was a real Dennis Drinkwater moment on the bench. Like was not phased by the flying puck at him. Just made a very casual catch and then gave a wink. Like Jeremy Swayman, I believe, is committed to becoming a sex symbol this season for reasons unknown. But he's doing pretty well at it. Uh, I think that Jeremy Swayman is winning over the hearts of a lot of people. Uh, in Boston and doing it in a way that like uh, there's a lot of feral Bruins fans watching Jeremy Swayman this year. I don't know if we're doing sex symbol stuff with the Bruins based on player entrances last night and uh, big goals. Brad Marchand looked fantastic. Did you see? His yeah, but 
But I don't think Brad yeah. Marchand, I, I think that's like a natural thing. I think that Brad Marchand just like naturally carries himself with uh with big dick energy. It really doesn't doesn't put a lot of thought or care into how he carries himself, just kind of wings it. Jeremy Swayman, I think, set a, a set a standard for himself before the season, and he was like, I am going to be a, a sex symbol of this team. One time in 2011, it was when the Bruins were in Lake Placid between games three and four or whatever in the first round against the Canadians. Uh, they, the Bruins had availability somewhere. I don't know. I can't remember if it was their team hotel or something, but Marshawn comes out and he's wearing two different sneakers. And it was not in like a, it wasn't like a KD released a colorway where the sneakers are different. He was just wearing two different sneakers he's just and not in like a, like what was this man up to last? Ooh, look who's wearing the wrong sneakers. I, I remember asking him like, why are you wearing two different sneakers? And like his answer was very matter like was very like, Oh shit. Yeah. Look at that. We're <laughs> two different sneakers. <laughs> he's the best. Clearly not putting a lot of thought into, uh, he was wearing a teenage mutant Ninja turtles, ugly Christmas sweater last night. Did see that. Did see that. Uh, Got to mention two more things on the subject of fashion. Uh, Sh- Sean, do we have the uh, devil's pride night Jersey? All right, so Wyshynski just uh, tweeted this. It's the uh, Devil's Pride Night jerseys. It looks like, it kind of looks like soda, maybe? It looks a little like soda. Not Olipop, but it's got like a kind of soda-y type of feel. No, that kind of like, that's, uh, reminds me of like Tide or something. Like Mm. it's, it's like bubbles in the washing machine. Yeah, it's like soda? if you throw too, yeah. too many colors in uh, <laughs> soda, it's to throw too many colors in a wash and uh, have like the dye all all bleed mm. and yeah, becomes this thing. Just uh, accidentally using hot water on those colors. Yes, something yeah, like exactly. that. Well, also, know. Pride Night jersey. I thought we weren't doing that. Right. So the fun fact about this is players can wear them uh, during their entrances. They can do. Uh, let me see if I can find the tweet. The So from Greg Wyshynski, they'll be worn during player arrivals. By the way, these were designed by uh, local artist Catherine Kennedy. They'll be worn during player arrivals and uh, auctioned off between December 21st and 28th. So uh, if if you can't make any trades, you can buy some nice pride jerseys. Uh, the players can wear them anywhere in the building except the ice. So this is crazy to me. Are we going to be right back to where we were, where it's like, who didn't wear the jersey? Who isn't wearing, who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? Like, exact if, same we're, do, if we're doing this, like, the same thing is going to be happening in terms of the spotlight, I would imagine. I don't know. I feel uh, like the Devils the most dramatic team in hockey. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this allows them to be a lot more selective about it, though. Like, if you don't want to wear it, then there's no pictures of you going to be taken. Whereas if you don't want to wear it pregame, then either you're not on the ice or you're wearing something different, which obviously doesn't really happen. I just want to say I'm very happy we no longer live in a society where pride jerseys are just the rainbow in the logo. Like, it's just a logo version of the a rainbow version of the logo. I appreciate that they're trying to get a little more creative with it. Yeah, that, that's yeah. very fair. I respect that. But, and also, a great comment from uh, our guy Jesse Larkin in the chat said they look like the Coke freestyle machines, where they uh, have like all those little circles where you're pushing the button. Yeah, that I is a great I knew there call. was 
I knew there was soda some related soda vibe to it. Yeah. yeah, there was some soda there. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, Sean, I think you are naive sounds condescending. I, I think that you are giving hockey. <laughs> I know. I, I think that you're giving uh, hockey fans too much credit. They will go one by one through the pictures to see who was wearing it and it wasn't. Uh, and see, if there isn't a picture of Luke Hughes or if there isn't a picture of uh, Akira Schmid, whomever, they'll they'll do the same. Like it'll be the same thing of like. Who I disagree. I disagree. Just because like t- this is not the first time this season a team has done this. Like this has happened a bunch already in the NHL, and no one's made a big deal out of it. Here's my theory: is that uh, players who don't want to wear it. I, don't have to wear it and they'll come in they'll do their player entrances and all that and then if somebody identifies a player who isn't who didn't wear it who there was no picture of they can uh the team can go to them and be like hey people are starting to notice that there's no pictures of you wearing this jersey you want to stage a picture and then they have the option to stage a picture after the game and be like no no no, see we just didn't tweet it out this picture exists he did wear it in Exactly. I so. think they're going to tweet. They're going to do like what they do with any walk in where they're going to tweet like four pictures of it. And then that's right. going to be the end of it. And so there's not really any way to know like if who or who did. third line left wing didn't wear the jersey. I don't know how psyched the uh, queer community is and should be with where this has all gotten. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, it's the fact that uh, this whole thing is becoming more I, of a I, like, spectacle. I, I, a, I mean, like that. Uh, of course, like, I I personally feel everyone should be upset or annoyed if somebody doesn't want to wear it. Um, but all the the spectacle element of it, and right. like another uh, opportunity for everyone in America to yell at each other when it's like, hey man, like well, we didn't fucking do anything here. More than that, it's like we're joking about it right now as to like, you know, how kind of roundabout we're getting here. And I think that this is just inviting jokes to like, okay, we're not wearing them on the ice, but you can wear them anywhere else in the building. Like that is so stupid that it is inviting jokes. It is uh, positively outrageous. Uh, The other fashion update, though, that uh, we have is either today or tomorrow. I still got to shave six seconds off this thing. We will have another Pro Shop Wars. Editing Pro Shop Wars is the hardest thing in the world, but it's all—it's worth it because uh, I, it has to be. Like we have to do it; otherwise, we're just losing a shitload of money for no reason. And we did the I content mean, needs to to be made. Yeah, and we got to sell it. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about this one that's coming out because it is—it's a higher quality version, both in like the things that we got and how psychotic the presentation is you put together a pretty psychotic presentation of this this uh most recent pro shop wars and it's uh it's very good i'm very excited to put it out there i scaled it down show a fuck i mean would it be the worst if we showed like the uh yeah no we're not showing the rough draft no it wasn't a rough draft but i sent like a first 20 seconds of it just to be like hey if you two oppose strongly to this, tell me now and I won't go any further. And uh, we, I, I ended up like reeling it in a little bit, but mm-hmm. not much. Still a little psychotic, like, yeah. It shouldn't, yeah, it should, it, no, no half measures with this. It's a set in a place that I feel, uh, I think when you watch it, you'll be like, yeah, this needs a little, uh, 
this needs to lead into to where it's taking place. But hopefully you'll see that at some point today or tomorrow. It's currently at 96 seconds. You got to have it at uh, at 90. Those are the rules on uh, the old Instagram. But I hate that. I hate it too. Uh, but thank you for bearing with us today uh, in a remote and under the weather and all over the place day. Uh, Pete, do you have any stars or anybody that we should call out? Uh, I don't have any stars in particular, but I do want to say the the slate tonight is pretty weak. There's three games tonight, <laughs> but I am excited for the Detroit Red Wings, uh, one of maybe the most dramatic teams in hockey, according Possibly. to DJ. Uh, but they're playing America's team tonight. They're playing the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg mm. Jets uh, have been a very fun team, and they've sort of broken my... Do you have this with some with some teams where you see their logo... And you just like identify them as like, well, I'm not watching them tonight. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> absolutely. The Islanders yeah. logo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how we do things. Yeah, it's how else do you I, consume sports? And we've talked about this, about this where like we have to break out of those molds to kind of make sure we get a little bit of of every team across the league and not just kind of lazily fall back into narratives that we've set for old versions of teams that may not exist anymore the winnipeg jets are one of those teams for me because the jets have been really 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 good for the past couple weeks and them looking that good without kyle connor is really impressive to me and not only do they look good they're exciting to watch they're fun to watch they play hard uh they're a strong forechecking team like they've got a lot of talent there this team is exciting to me, and it's it's they're one of those teams that I would constantly uh, kind of disregard when I looked at the night slate. So if you're out on the Winnipeg Jets or you've historically been out on the Winnipeg Jets for the past couple of years, give them a chance tonight. Not much else to watch. Watch the Red Wings and Jets. I'm Pete Blackburn, and I want you <laughs> to watch the Winnipeg right. Jets. I know you see the fucking logo, and you're like, I'm not watching the fucking Jets, but I feel... That if we we can all come together and be galvanized over this, they're they're pretty good without Kyle Connor. I'll tell you that much. Watch the Jets. <laughs> I got to say, uh, I'm peeking. I've peeked over just because this is a remote program. Uh, I peeked over at the YouTube chat a couple times just to make sure there aren't any we can't hear yeah. X or we can't see whatever. Uh, all you know what all the comments are. No. It's just all uh, we want the director's cut. Yeah, show, show the most ridiculous version. No, don't do it. Uh, well, maybe do it after we actually put it out because I want the first glimpse to be the final product. I agree with that because that's always fun when you see because like you don't want to see the alternate ending before you see the movie. Right, exactly. Actually, um, I kind of do want to see that. Like go into a movie, be like, hey, this is how it doesn't end. <laughs> True. And then try to figure it out from there. All right. We can rule no, out no, no. one possible ending. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have to address. There was a hat trick last night. A hat trick from our guy, Kirill Marchenko, who uh, who we have grown to love. Kirill Marchenko hat trick last night scored one of the best goals this entire NHL season went through the legs, which in and of itself isn't that exciting anymore. And every player in the NHL can go through their legs, can score a goal. But Marchenko did it in such tight space with a defender all over him, put it top shelf, 
That was the first goal of the hat trick, followed it up with a, a beauty about 18 seconds later, then capped it off a few minutes later uh, with a natural finish off a natural hat trick, no empty nets. Kirill Marchenko, I'm giving his hat trick last night a emphatic three out of three stars uh, for the hat trick watch. So, three out of congratulations three congratulations to our uh, uh, Marcella. Which Marcella? nobody will get that. Nobody will get that yet. But soon we have enough, a burgeoning relationship with uh, Kirill Marchenko. He uh, he likes us. He likes. It the was. Podcast. Uh, I'll tell you what. We were meeting some people, and uh, I was coming out of the bathroom, walking back to where we were all hanging out, and uh, we were expecting Marchenko to come and uh, hang out with us for a minute. And as I'm walking back. I see a player is walking towards the same area who's coming to meet us. It was Adam Fantilli. And I was looking at him from a distance, like as he was getting closer. And I was so disappointed. I was like, this is Kirill Marchenko. <laughs> and then as I got closer, I was like, this is a thousand percent Adam Fantilli. Yeah. Uh, the, and if you haven't watched the, that, by the way, check it out. Yes. Adam Fantilli interview on YouTube right now. Uh, some of the clips on Instagram and all there. So boost those give them likes give them comments and our accuracy stuff, boys all oh, right yeah yeah just comment on all our stuff it helps boost the boost the profile engagement all that stuff my one takeaway from columbus was that everybody in the blue jackets organization loves kirill marchenko as much as they possibly could love a person the gl the glowing reviews of that guy both as a player and as a personality in the room just like could not be stronger and uh and we got a glimpse of it he is so fun and such a good player i'm gonna say it i was gonna save this for after we aired the interview but like captain material so are we are we just mentioning the fact that we have our kirill marchenko interview coming down the pipeline obviously at some point you'll okay. get Marchenko. <laughs> maybe who yeah. knows we haven't done it yet who knows we're in, now i'm gonna kid around uh but like from talking to him maybe in an interview maybe outside of an interview captain material it's something like definitely not yet probably in like six or seven years but just an incredible disposition uh an extremely thoughtful guy love him and so fucking good like we could not take our so eyes off good. him when you we were watching that game the, the uh, blue jackets have had a tough season so far but if if you're if you're making a list of like positive takeaways from the season so far that russian line has been mm -hmm. awesome it's been awesome. Someone in the someone in the chat says that uh, Adamo was a real spicy meatball. Oh yeah, that's right. That's a spicy meatball. Uh, we you for sure have to do uh, hats when you do the grading system for the hat trick. Yeah, three out of three hats. I'm sorry. Three out of three hats, and we could get different uh, graphics. Maybe we could use like my Marion Hosa hat or something like that. Could be yes. uh, pretty neat. Uh, but stay on the various socials. I'm going to bust my hump, try to finish Pro Shop Wars today, get it out at some point for you all to enjoy, and we will be back tomorrow, possibly in person. But uh, if anybody else is under the weather, heal up, watch some hockey tonight, and have a great day. Bye-bye.